everybody. Welcome back to the SGT Podcast. This is Pastor Michael, your host, and I'm excited to welcome back. He's back even from just last week, uh, Pastor Steven Zalingo. He came on to talk about uh, the sacred versus the secular and how we really connect to what the Holy Spirit is trying to do in our life. And uh, I hope that you enjoy all that he had to share. Welcome back, everybody, to the SGT Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Michael Sinclair, and I have with me again this week, those of you who've been listening every week, you'll you'll remember our guest from just last week. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's Pastor Steven (laughs) Zarlingo. How you doing this week, my man? Good. Basically, what happens, everybody, is Pastor Michael (laughs) asks everyone on staff and anyone else in the world, Uh, and then I'm the last one who is just always ready. There's an element of truth to that, but it's not 100% (laughs) true every single week. Uh, No, I know. um, I'm excited about today's uh, conversation because I know that you've preached on it before. Mm hmm had a really great response to it and I was even telling you back then man I wish you know more people here more people heard about this um, and I know that you don't just you're, you're not one of those guys who tucks away sermons and then you just pull them out like when you're preaching on a Sunday you always want what God has and so maybe this Sunday or following Sunday you're not going to preach on this because God's not going to have that on his heart for the people at large but this is a great teaching um, and so I wanted to make sure that at least those who listen to this podcast got a chance to hear this and the topic um, is sacred versus the secular Um, but really it's not a versus um, because you know what let's not get there yet here's what I want to go into when somebody comes up to you or me and says, Pastor, do Christians just think that they're good and everybody else is evil because they don't know Jesus? I have an uncle and he's good or my grandma's good and she's not saved and she does good things. You know, are they, are they, you're just saying they're going to hell. Uh, well, I think that they're good. So why would God send a good person? To, there's this conversation that happens mm. in people's heads where they think that the church is saying we are good and nobody else is. And that's not to say that we're, we're, we're giving up on the belief that mankind has fallen. We, we still believe that all men need to be saved. But we think that even fallen people can do things that are good. You can do a good deed for your neighbor, even in a fallen state. Um, and so here's, here's more the, the question that I have for you is... When we're talking to somebody, what we're trying to distinguish between is not good versus evil, but rather we as Christians carry the sacred. Mm -hmm. We have dwelling within us the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit himself, and we carry that holiness everywhere we go. And so it's not that we are now good. His goodness is in us, but we even see Christians who do bad things. Uh So I really want to take some time today uh, and just allow you to kind of go into the sermon that you preached uh, where you distinguish between goodness and holiness. Mm. Uh, Not just we're good people living in the secular world, but rather we are sacred people in a secular world. Um, And I want to give the floor to you. No, I'm I'm excited about this because me and Pastor Michael have talked a lot about this in our own like life in our journeys together. Yeah, and I think this this whole series we did with the young adults um, here because I began to realize people were compartmentalizing their faith, and that's a dangerous thing to do. And to your question, Genesis is we always start from the beginning, right? So you've got Genesis. God creates things, and after all that He creates, He says, "And it was good, and it was good." So creation actually starts off sacred, 
only because God's presence, the Spirit of the Lord, hovered over the waters. He was invading creation, speaking. His life was involved in it. And because of that, that's what made it sacred. It was sacred. It was good. But it was only that because of his presence. Yes. Then sin comes in and creates a schism and separation between humanity and God, creation and God. And then that's where we see that, yeah, there's still good things in the world, but they're not sacred because his presence is not there. So I like to describe it as, you know, something that is sacred as we see it from our our Orthodox, you know, our, our Christian faith, who we are, um, the people of God, because God's presence invaded. Um, That's right. So secular is normally the, t- the terms, if we just come to our two terms here, secular and sacred. Secular, no religious or spiritual basis, worldly, temporal. So basically secular is man's way of doing life. So yes, it could be bad. There could be bad things. Man does bad things. But also to your point, an example, um, there's good things, but it doesn't mean they're sacred. Sacred is being connected with God, worship, set apart, and that being set apart means you're connected, eternal. So it's God's way of doing life. It's the invasion of God's presence into the rhythms of our life. And when we begin to have that mindset, we won't compartmentalize things so much. We won't create the word that Pastor Michael says, I love to say, this dichotomy, <laughs> right? I'm into it. I'm into it lately. He uses this word all <laughs> the time lately, and I keep calling him out on it. But in this particular context, it's Pastor right. Stephen, most it's time, right. It's most correct... times it's, it's not in any way <laughs> related to the, the topic. Word. I just like saying it. Um, <laughs> but it's this dichotomy. It's this, it's this separation. Yeah. And so we're living two veins. And I, here's a great example. Hey, I can come to church on Sunday or on Friday um, and I'll worship the Lord for an hour and a half. I'll be so God conscious for an hour and a half. But then the next night or that very evening, I'm watching a horrible thing on Netflix. So what is that saying to me? Then I go to my job the next day and I'm like, hey, church is during this time. God time is here. But now in my everyday work, I just got to get the job done. Right. Um, and I'm unaware of God now. Or I'm doing the laundry and I'm at home with my kids and the dishes and sometimes the madness of that. And we can just become unaware of God's presence. And and you were going to chime in, and I think it'd be awesome if you did, about when we look back on Christianity and we go deep into Judeo-Christianity, you know, our, yeah. our roots yep. um, in the Jewish faith and who God is, you have something with the Ark of the Covenant, you know, that is sacred because God's presence is literally there, the tabernacle around it. But it's God's presence in this ark. But then all of a sudden, the story changes, right? Because Jesus once again comes and invades. And when I say once again, it starts off in creation. You've got the triune God involved in creation. Sin happens. Then the Jewish people gather around the law and the Ark of the Covenant and their traditions in order to do that. So now you have this moment where Christ invades um, and things change. But we have to first understand why that's so important. And we see that in the history of the Jewish faith. Yeah, uh, very much so. And in fact, you know, even if you're not a biblical scholar or a scholar at all, you do understand the concept of a priest being somebody who has access to holy things or sacred things. They have to usually follow uh, ritual purification, uh, holy practices. A lot of times they'll wear certain garments or they'll be around certain um, icons or relics or things that people have recognized uh, represent holiness or sacredness, uh, regardless of the culture. 
And we we see the word priest used uh, in the time of the uh, Hebrew people because the, it's not wrong that that concept is not wrong, that we, being fallen, need to do certain things to access a God. Even even the Hebrews recognize that, and guess what God taught them? We, we are fallen, and you need to purify yourself before entering my presence. Um, so the, the world's close. They get, they get the concept that uh, mankind cannot access gods as they are. Um, but the Lord went a little further to say, you know, here are some specific guidelines for you as priests. Uh, and even the priests had to be careful because they weren't pretending to be priests and getting hopped, hopped up on hallucinogenics and, and cutting themselves mm-hmm. and screaming and dancing around. These priests were going to the temple uh, and the nation as a whole was seeing God do miraculous things throughout their history. And so they re- recognized that around this Ark of the Covenant, this holy sacred center of the entire civilization, when they entered that presence, the high priest himself even had to be careful that he was not struck down. Why? Because he himself was not holy. There's nothing we can do to be holy until Christ comes. Mm. And now we no longer have to go through all these crazy rituals and things and follow these practices to get us close to God. No, God chooses to come to us. And we now, as an entire people group, we're called priests, the whole kingdom of priests, we have access to the holy. And... I just want to point out again before you you comment a little more on that, you know, when we say you have access to the holy, we're not saying that as a Christian who reads God's word and worships the Lord, you make more choices uh, more often to follow your your Jiminy Cricket conscience and yeah. go, I'm going to do the right thing and I'm going to go to church yeah. or and I'm going to go to a Bible mm. study. No, it, it doesn't mean that now you're going to be a better person who understands God. No, rather God himself is coming to live inside of you in everything yeah. that you do. And those are two very different things. And I'd love for you to continue to talk no, about it's, that. That's such a good example because I think what happens is if we do one over the other, we can have a shallow faith because it's based upon experiences and only feeling, hey, I just want access to things. Um, God is not just something to be accessed. Right. He is the divine being, the triune Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to be in relationship with. Amen. And so when we've been invited into this divine council of relationship with God, uh, we're now in fellowship with the Trinity. So it's not just this access point, it's a covenant. Um, And so Christ reveals the sacred life to us. He invades broken humanity to embrace us. And in that connection, there's an intimacy uh, on the cross, right? When he dies and it says that he says it is finished, takes his final breath. And we know the curtain is torn from the top to the bottom. That's right. The curtain that separated the secular from the holiest of holies that's the sacred yeah exactly and that is such a profound thing right someone could read that in the text and skip by it no no no. it's saying everything you just referenced to which is now the holy is available that holy meaning god himself there's no more separation but it's only through christ so i want to read uh from john 15 i'm going to read the message translation um Uh, just because I like the specific word of live, uh, but also if you're reading, uh, it might say abide. But this is John 15, verse 4, says, Live in me, 
This is Jesus now speaking. Live in me. Make your home in me just as I do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine, you can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. You know, there's like kind of a statement. I know Pastor Matt and Pastor Michael and I have talked about this a lot. Uh, 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 when you see a branch with fruit, it's not thinking, produce the fruit, produce the fruit, produce the fruit. Right. It's just saying, stay connected to the vine. That's it. So there's this relational dynamic. If we miss it in our faith and God just becomes an experience, it's just something we can just access for a moment that gets us through, then we're going to see some very shallow faith. Um, and so I, I, I put it in this this category in these two statements. If you are pursuing a relationship, you'll have experiences, right? So if I'm pursuing a relationship with my wife, you're pursuing a relationship with your wife, we have experiences together. Uh, Sometimes they're good experiences, sometimes they're difficult ones, but we're experiencing this relationship. But if you're pursuing only experiences, then you'll have very shallow relationships. And we've all had friendships, right? Where that person only calls you for something that they can have or get from you. It's an experience. And so I think when we see the pursuit of experiences in our faith, it makes it much easier for us to compartmentalize. This is a sacred thing. This is a secular thing because we're, we're not in covenant. We're not aware of that. And the best example is marriage. I have a ring on my finger that reminds me of the covenant I made. We've all done a ton of uh, weddings over COVID stuff, right? And so, um, but this is also happening in our world right now. This is so relevant uh, to to even what's taking place because the people of God are realizing, what did I build my faith on? Was it just an hour and a half service? Um, But if we could hold on to this, we can unleash the power of God in a broken world because we realize we are sacred people by the grace of Jesus Christ. So in this marriage example, Wherever I go, I'm a married man. I represent Anna and she represents me. We're married. Whether she's in the room with me or not, or we're doing a counseling session, or whether I'm just doing work somewhere near or far in a different country, I am still a married man. It's, right. it's, it's the representation. I'm in covenant. Wherever I go, I'm in covenant still with my wife. If we begin to seek and understand, that's the dynamic that this world needs to see in the children and the bride of Christ, then everything will look different. And the very practical, when I'm doing the laundry, I will worship the Lord because I know in the mundane things, he's still with me. When I'm talking my kids through their homework, the Lord is there. Now, are we making some weird everything overly spiritual? Hey, do an eight-hour Bible study at work and you'll get fired. Because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, they're like, exactly. dude, I need you to stack the shelves. <laughs> what we're saying is an awareness, a changing of our mind to realize wherever I go, his presence is with me. I bring the sacred. And the sacred is not just like we were saying, uh, just good things or quote-unquote what people have defined wrongly as holy. No, God's presence. God's presence is invading. You know, I'm just thinking as you're saying, just this concept of abiding. And I think a lot of a lot of people might say, well, you know, now that because of what Christ has done and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, now God's able to abide with us. But He's always been like that. Mm. the The Jewish people did not go back to Mount Sinai every year to access a holy place. Instead, God taught them to build this ark. And everywhere they went, 
they carried the ark with them, that the presence wow. of the Lord might abide with them as a and people. And it was intimate. It had to be carried by men. Yep. You know, on they had to put it on their shoulders. It yep. wasn't just a thing you threw on a cart or you shipped ahead. Right. In fact, yeah, well, there's a few stories in Scripture where they mishandled the ark and there were dire consequences mm-hmm. for that. There was a there was the sacredness followed them everywhere that they went, and the presence of the Lord was with them everywhere that they went. And he was trying to show them through that that we now get to be that ark. We get to be wow. the thing in which the Holy Spirit abides. And so, I mean, some people might be listening to this now and going, well, I kind of get what they're saying. I'm hearing you know, a lot of examples, good marriage or not following just your conscience, but being a holy person. And I get that I'm always you know, going to be a sacred uh, being wherever I walk. But how does that really impact? Like, what am I going to walk away from? doing this right now? Like, how am I going to be changed after this? Well, to your point, we're not asking people to go and become monks. We're not asking you to hide away and create a sacred atmosphere where you can only ever do everything that you know to do that's sacred, because now you're just going off of your experience, which Mm -hmm. is your point. But instead, to every morning, I would even say, just start with this. Every morning, add this to your prayer. Every single morning when you wake up, Add this to whatever prayers you say. Add this line. Lord, teach me today to walk in sacredness no matter what I see, what I hear, what Mm. I touch, what I think. Lord, teach me to carry your sacred holy presence in all that I do. Because you are carrying it. But some of us don't carry it well. Mm. To your point, some of us show up on a Sunday uh, and on the drive home where we're you know, yelling at our wife or demeaning her or maybe the, the wife's not respecting her husband or they're both yelling at the kids or they have habits that these kids should not be seeing. And it, it, It's not the amount of holy things you do, but when you pray and say, Lord, teach me to carry, teach me how to carry well your sacred holy presence, you'll see the world around you start to look a little more mm-hmm. sacred because you're going to realize everywhere you walk, you're carrying the presence of the living God. And that's a life change. That's the bride of Christ. That's what a Christian looks like. Wow. Um, yeah. And so I just want to kind of tie it together there for totally. people who maybe are kind of like listening, but I don't really know how this is going to affect me. Start there. Start with a simple prayer yeah. and watch what the Lord does in your life. It's a get real. It's like, okay, great. We can talk theory and philosophy and even theology, but theology is its best at practical, you know, That's practical right, theology. Yeah. I think that that is such a great example. It's God awareness, the God consciousness. It's the... It's identifying he's there. And the interesting thing, I think, right, when you walk into a place, you start having this mindset. You go into your job, you have the awareness God's with you, and he's moving. Then you start saying, so the first step is what you said, God, just make me aware. The second step is, how can I be a part of what you're doing? And all of a sudden, you realize that Johnny, who's sitting over there, you sit across from all the time, this he something you see he looks different he maybe looks uh like he's struggling and you begin to say hey how are you doing you get intentional and you realize god had been working in johnny's life that weekend because something happened in his life that's made him a little more aware of is there someone out there who really cares is there someone so it's this interesting dynamic of you become aware and then you become a partner that's so true you know? it's almost like getting plugged into something you weren't plugged into before yeah it, it, it not not in an out-of-body experience kind of way uh where you're taking in everything that the lord's aware of but you start to live outside of just you because now yes. you know god's got you so since god has you and there's still extra god 
to share. Yep. You go, oh, well, where do you want me to pour into next? And all of a sudden, you start to be more aware. You get out of that self-focused view of mm-hmm. how can I be better? What do I need to do? And all of a sudden, you go, well, Lord, you're making me sacred that I might be a blessing. Help me to do that. And all of a sudden, boom, it's like these second set of eyes you never realized were there before. Yes. And a heart, like a bleeding heart for people. You might be the toughest guy in the world. And now every time you drive past that same guy on the block, you're like <laughs> bawling, yeah. crying because you're like, oh my gosh, why do I love that person? So well, that's the Lord in you yes. loving them. Uh, and it's, it's, it's a body of believers like that. It's a church like that, activated and mobilized with the power of the living God inside them, just like the Ark of the Covenant. That changes the world around them. You know, you're so right, and you've experienced your from your just global travels and being a missionary. And um, people can hear sometimes this, and they hear the word sacred, and they think boring. They think, oh, some or laborious museum, thing, some relic or a, in a museum, yes, or a relic yeah. museum, so lifeless. And it's like, no, it's it's a covenant. You cannot compartmentalize a covenant. So. What we actually realized is we've we've made a shallow faith and it has been boring and lifeless. But when you unlock these deep waters, these deep wells of a covenant, you realize the joy of the sacred, the life of the sacred. I mean, God himself created everything that is good and holy that we enjoy and we have fun doing and experiences in nature, creation and community. Yep. That's right. It was his idea. And he said it was good. So you're actually invading deep wells of joy and love and experiences but you're not going after the experience you're in a relationship with him that's right and and that's such an important thing to like shake people out of it so then you do get excited about going to work why to stack the shelves no you get excited because you're like yeah i'll stack the shelves that's what put money in the bank so i can live but i'm gonna impact johnny yeah and uh cynthia's over there and i'm gonna see her find jesus so suddenly there's this joy then you do become the best employee yeah and your boss is like asking you to come in their office and say why are you different than everyone else see people if we make it so shallow then we will live a shallow faith but yeah well and also and you don't have to conjure it up is what i wanted to add to that you don't have to do it on your own this the sacred is alive not because it has a life unto itself because it's connected to the lord and when you and this is i think this would be a great opportunity here to 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 wrap this up and i would love for you to pray over people with this thought which is you know as as you dive into that quiet place that that personal one-on-one time with the Lord, the more that you allow him to continue to speak to you throughout the day, that sacredness Mm. is going to be who you are because you're connected to him. You're not trying to be sacred because you have the ability to be now, but no, he's sacred. So the, the less of you, the more of him, the less you try, the more you just be with him, the more you want him. That relationship is so critical and key. And that really is what Christianity is all about loving him and wanting our lives to be all about what he's about and now because we've uh, we have the holy presence of the living god inside of us we can do that we have access to the sacred not because we've opened up a door in some kind of portal but because we have access to him wow. and so i would love for you to have some final thoughts on that and then end with a prayer that our people might continue to just love on the lord and allow him to love on them and be in deep, deep, deep relationship that impacts their world for him. That's, it brings it to your point, to um, the simplicity of the gospel, 
um, which we always share is the table of grace. You know, communion yep. in the Eucharist, the Lord's Supper is a place of relationship. Yes. Uh, sometimes it's become maybe something so stoic that it's felt uh, unrelatable. But really, it's this deep relationship. It's He's saying, not only can you be around my grace, but you could take it on the inside now. The goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we're remembering the goodness of what he did, but we're participating with what he's doing. Mm. And that's why uh, it's sacred and it's beautiful and it's relational. Um, and it's at a table. It's yeah. not in a courtroom. You know, it's 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 not through an email. It's at a table with one another. Uh and with the Lord being that meal of grace. And I think that if we can begin to live this out, there will be a joy in the people of God. Like to your point, you don't have to suddenly now perform and conjure up stuff. And so I guess our prayer right now, and I'm just going to pray over all of us, Pastor Michael and I together, that we would just be praying that maybe there's a freedom in someone's life that's listening, just that needs to hear the no more compartmentalization. Well, how do I do that? Just wake up in the morning, like we said, and be aware God is there with you. Yeah, and he and He wants you to be a part of what He's doing because He loves you. Like I want my children, my wife being a part of my life. Um, there's so much more joy there. Not because I'm like earn it and perform. No, because this is what community is about and unity. And so we've been invited into that. And so, Lord, we just pray right now that whoever's listening that they will realize the goodness of who you are and how much you loved us, that you invaded once again broken humanity. Jesus, you invaded broken humanity to embrace us and to bring us into the holy life, to bring us back into the sacred. And we pray for all those who are listening and for your church and for your people, for our local church here and globally your church, that we would come to a deeper place of intimacy and relationship with you that would unlock the power of your kingdom, that would unlock the goodness of your love, the power of your grace, Yes, in secular places and in broken people's lives, so they might also be invited into this beautiful family who sits at the table of your grace. We love you, God. We say this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Pastor Stephen, we always love having you on here. It's Honored, really a real man. pleasure. Real Honored. pleasure to hear your, your thoughts today. And uh, it's, it's going to be my prayer, continued prayer, that our people find him and they get close to him and they, they realize what a joy and a pleasure it is to be a part of the sacred. Uh, so thank you very much. Always love having Pastor Stephen on the show. Good friend of mine, has been for a very long time. Uh, but I know that uh, his words are going to bless you today. And I, I pray that you guys take some time today to really allow the Holy Spirit to remind you of the covenant that you have with him, that we get this special opportunity to access him and to have a relationship with him in a way that uh, many others do not. And that as you access that relationship with him, he'll continue to allow you to be a light uh, in the places that he has you, whether that's at work, in your family, in your church community, wherever you go, that you would know that you are sacred because of your relationship with him and are an influence in this world uh, for his love and his joy. Uh, so be blessed today, uh, and we look forward to seeing you next week. God bless you. Amen.